Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees Podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Jo Milmine and this is episode 157, the REF Comforts Committee. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 157 of the Shiny Bees podcast. Today is Friday, the 18th of September. I am Jo, I'm your host, and back again today for another episode of the show. If you're a new listener, welcome. I hope you will enjoy today's show. And if you're a returning listener, as always, I thank you every time, and that's because I'm grateful every time that you've come back to hang out with me again. So it's been a little bit busy around Shiny headquarters, so that's why you've not had an episode from me for a couple of weeks. Um, Basically, like it all kicked off, it all kicked off and we were down to Sussex, we found a school, we found another school, we bought a house, we lost a school, we lost another school and then we had to pull out of buying the house all in about two weeks. So yeah, that was a little bit emotional. And then obviously came back up north and had to kind of repeat the soul-destroying painful process yet again. And yeah, it was really painful and soul-destroying. I'm not going to burden you with the finer details of that, other than to say, yeah, sometimes I wonder why people even work in education, like literally. But there'll be some other stuff that I will bring out in the next few episodes that are that I've been inspired to undertake as a result of this hideous experience and obviously super sad about like not being sorted and moving to a new house that we got a great deal on, but we are where we are, friends. So I'm back in the north. Luckily it's been sunny for a week and we think, fingers crossed, we found the perfect educational establishment for the children to attend and it seems to be going really well so far. So I'm hoping that all of that pain was worth it and actually we've ended up finding the perfect place just 10 minutes away that we never really knew existed. Fingers crossed. So hopefully that should be fine. So they're very happy now they're back. They've got some friends and um, got some kind of normality although um, it's just been announced that we're going to get locked down again in Lancashire and at this time I am involved in that so that's a little bit disappointing I have to say but you know whatever we make the best of it and we will just crack on like we have before. I know some of you have sent me messages from various locked down areas of the world and some of you indeed are lockdown listeners and you found us as a result of lockdown so that's good right there's got to be some good stuff that comes out of it. And luckily for me, like I've got a massive pile of books next to my bed. Like I can, I'm pretty sure I can occupy myself with various projects and reading and st- I'm still painting that flipping fence. So, you know, like I'll, I'll find some something to do. But yeah, in the meantime, I have been doing a little bit of tidying 
out and trying to trying to scrape out some more space in my current house um to do the stuff I want to do and I went through some uh stash I got rid of some stash there's still some stuff on um at at shiny I think it's shiny d stash on Instagram but I got um rid of a load of stash to lovely new good homes which is brilliant but during the course of that I found a knitting bag that my friend um Gingini had made for me a few years ago I think I was even in Wales when that happened so it was definitely like a lot of time ago and on that badge on that badge on that bag um I found a badge that I'd forgotten I had bought from the RAF comforts committee and there's been a lot of stuff on my time like obviously I'm ex-RAF like we're an RAF family so there's been a lot of stuff on my timelines this week about the 80th anniversary of the battle of Britain because that's battle of Britain day's 15th of September so between that and the badge, I was inspired to do a little bit of research about the RAF Comforts Committee and what they did, basically, because I've got this badge. Now, you can buy the badges on on eBay and, and various antique outlets, or you might know someone that has one, or maybe you've, you know, you've acquired one at some stage like I did, and there was a whole kind of storyline behind that so I thought I would do a little bit of research on it and um it was quite funny actually some funny tongue-in-cheek pictures and things to direct you to uh, so I thought you would enjoy that so get your brew get your knitting and we will crack on with the show so as I said today's episode is about the RAF Comforts Committee. And the Royal Air Force Comforts Committee was formed by the Air Council in October 1939 um, to determine the type and quantities of knitted comforts required for the RAF, as well as arrange for their collection, storage and distribution through their depots. And I quite like the idea of this like knitted comforts thing. Apparently, the uniforms were pretty rubbish. They weren't particularly warm. Um, they did the basic job, but essentially it was like, a, again, not that different from now, to be honest, a bit of a half-assed job um, for fighting wars. So you need some like decent stuff, Gucci kit, as we call it, that you, you make you or buy yourself. So in an effort to kit the troops out appropriately, <laughs> um, local knitting parties or groups were organised mainly by the Women's Institute and the Women's Volunteer or voluntary service, according to guidance issued by the committee. And anyone who could knit was basically roped into these knitting parties, and that included men, because at that point, men, um, it was very commonplace that uh, men were competent knitters as well. And as we know, we've got a few competent knitters, male knitters in the Shiny Bees crew, not least Neil, who's in Australia, who's just finished a Gansey in like dark blue navy blue wool that he's designed and knitted himself it's really cool um you can check that out he's got some pictures on his insta um which is salt horse at salt horse he's, he's knitted one for his son it's really cool it's all personalized um gansey's is probably another subject we could talk about at some stage later down the line um but basically the groups that were knitting all of these extra comforts for the airmen in the RAF were 
registered with the Comforts Committee and that meant that they could get supplies of free wool uh, and badges and certificates basically for achieving stuff. So they would write to the Comforts Committee and they would be sent amounts of wool. It was in um, Barclay Square. We, I'd call it Berkeley Square because there's a pub in Wigan called Berkeley Square. Um, so I call it Berkeley Square, but I think it would be technically Barclay Square. And um, tangent. And basically they would send off, they'd be part of these groups, they would send off for some wool and they'd be sent like two pounds of wool and they would knit whatever garment or comfort they were knitting and then they would send it back again and that would be exchanged for more wool. And ideally if they could pay for the wool, that was great. But if they couldn't pay for the wool, they were given it for free in return for their skill. And if you could contribute some money towards the wool, then again, that would allow for people who had the skills, but not necessarily the spare cash to be able to buy the wool to then donate their time and money to the war effort. As the war drew to a close in 1945, the knitted comforts were also made for needy children in the liberated countries and distributed by the Red Cross. So they were quite busy. And um, by 19, April 1943, there were between 6,000 and 7,000 of these knitted knitting party groups. Um, and the main forms of knitted RAF comforts were mittens, pullovers, preferably with polo necks, um, quite good for flying because obviously none of the aircraft were heated. They were very, very cold to fly in. And um, obviously these jumpers made out of proper woolly wool were quite often good waterproof um, of repelling moisture and also keeping you warm as well. There was also balaclavas, again, to keep you warm, and gumboot stockings, which were made of oiled wool. I bet that was a treat to knit with. Now, the official colour for all of this knitwear was a grey-blue, uh, which we know, probably know as, or you will know as, as Prussian blue. And I think the story goes that the reason it was Prussian blue was because it, when, when they actually formed the RAF, kind of in the interwar years, they bought a lot of, a lot of like excess uniform from the Germans. And that's how we ended up with a Prussian blue uniform. Um, but by 1941, there was a shortage of wool and as it was required in ever increasing quantities to, you know, clothe all of the uh, personnel. So the wool began to be, all the comforts began to be knitted in more shades than just the approved uniform shades. So some of them were other kind of colours of blue, uh, sometimes other colours altogether. Um, the RAF had issued a standard book. We love, we love an SOP in the RAF, containing instructions for knitting parties with approved patterns. So at least, you know, they were still kind of uniform, uniform, or certainly that was the intention initially. Now, the badge, which is the thing that kind of started this whole research off, uh, was issued by the RAF Comforts Committee. Everybody loves a badge, don't they? Uh, and it was given free to each registered local knitting party, but only the first badge. So normally the leader of the party got the first badge and then everybody else could like apply for one after they'd done a certain amount of work. So it had to be like at least a hundred hours of work before you could apply for a badge and then you had to buy it and the badges were a shilling each. And, but you got a certificate and um, a letter from the um, air marshal. So, you know, very exciting. Now, apparently, apparently 
apart from the badge. I mean, everyone does it for a badge, right? Everyone, everyone loves a badge. But the individual's reward was the satisfaction of knowing the men's appreciation. How terribly British. So yeah, I got a lot of that information from talesfromthesupplydepot.blog and there's some pictures on there as well. I'll put links to all of these in the show notes and a lot of that itself came from um, Flickr actually, a guy on Flickr. I was looking for some stuff from like the Imperial War Museum and things like that but there doesn't seem to be that much and a lot of it isn't digitised which is a bit of a shame. Um, it's it's listed in their archives and their kind of catalogue but there's no digital prints of it because I would have quite liked to have been able to obviously send you to a place you can find this pamphlet. Luckily I do know someone who has one so I might be able to get to that or at least find out somewhere I can send you to as well. So I did a little bit more research and a bit more looking around and I found this that made me smile a little bit from the REF Comforts Scotland Southern Area and it says notes for knitters. As all service wool now being issued is wheeling, and I had to Google wheeling because I didn't know what that meant, and apparently that means a coarse, thick type of worsted yarn originating from uncombed wool spun on the big wheel. We advise our knitters to use our patterns unless they have special patterns suited to this wool. So none of this like, you know, Googling your own substitutions here. There was no yarnsub.com in those days. Um, they will know that our patterns have been planned with a view to economy of wool. And this was something I talked about when I was discussing um, Susan Crawford's uh, stitching time patterns before when I was reading about all of that sort of the way that fashions have changed according to the availability of materials that she talks about in a stitch in time too and again we're seeing it obviously it's the same period but we're seeing it again here where they're using very workhorse yarns and uh, adapting to the situation that they find themselves in and producing patterns just for the particular types of wool that are available so it says going back to the notes for knitters it says socks as service laundries are becoming increasingly unsatisfactory, we recommend <laughs> number nine needles, except in the case of loose knitters who might use number 10. Feet should not be less than 11 inches in length. Which cracked me up fully. I mean, service laundries in general, increasingly unsatisfactory. Why is that? Have they been bombed to smithereens? Are they just not that good at washing clothes anymore? Who knows? Um, but it's like the feet should not be less than 11 inches in length. Is that in the sock? Is that in the knitter? Like, Is that in the laundry operator? Who knows? Um, but yes, apparently. So yeah, really cool, really cool, really interesting. I also found a company that was unfortunately at the moment you can't get these which is a little bit sad I don't know if that is COVID related or whether it's demand related or or what but basically aero leather clothing who are like a specialist uniform supplier and they were making modern like new versions of uh, the polar neck jumpers for flying in but using very similar wool using the original patterns and they were all hand knitted in Scotland to the actual design of the 1940s polar neck flying jumper which is cool but they've, they're, they're sold out so they've got some machine knitted versions but you could actually buy one hand knitted in Scotland using the same wool to the same pattern which I think is really cool like yeah obviously I could knit my own if I had a pattern but I just think it's good that you could just still buy this you know and it's still it's still out there 
Um, so I did a little bit more research and it turns out, and we shouldn't be surprised by this, that in her extensive vintage pattern collection, Susan Crawford's actually got the knitting for the RAF pamphlet. And she's written about it in her blog. It was quite a long time ago. It's like 2012 when she wrote about it. But on that blog, there are some pictures, uh, some very tongue-in-cheek pictures that have come out of the actual pamphlet, uh, which I find really funny. It was just all a little bit ooh missus type, you know, um, very stereotypical, but actually quite funny uh, illustrations to go along with the pamphlet. So, yeah, quite interesting. What turned out to be a little bit of a rabbit hole of research on historical knitting but I also find there actually isn't that much information online about it and it would appear as I started to delve more into it that there were some of these knitting parties actually created their own little pin badges I don't know whether the official ones were a bit too expensive or or what but there was I found a couple online some for one was for Leeds one was for Nottingham and had created their own pin badge for the particular knitting group or knitting party, which is is pretty cool. I haven't found any for Lancashire, sadly, or else I'd have been all over that. I'd have been like, yeah, definitely, I'm having one of those. Um, but it's just interesting how that kind of developed into its own sort of thing as well. Uh, when they sent back these items that they had knitted, there was a little label to go along with it where they could write their address and things so that the recipient of the garment could write back to them and say thank you very much for my uh, jumper or my gum boot socks or indeed my balaclava which is cool I wonder how many people did that and I'm not sure if it's one of those things that people haven't researched that much or whether it's my google terms or whether all this information is is maybe lying around in local history museums or what I'm not sure I'll have a chat to Susan and find out because I'm sure she will know. Um, But I didn't really find a lot more on it than that, other than that there were also similar similar groups for things like the Merchant Navy, the Royal Navy and for the Army as well. So yeah, a little bit different, something a bit, yeah, trivia, I guess. So yeah, I'm I'm enjoying my RAF Comforts Committee little badge and I, I just wonder why they don't still do it you know I'd be like all over that. it'd take me forever but I would definitely knit at least one jumper for a pilot <sighs> I say that and I've got a pilot and I've never knitted him a jumper but there we go anyway so let me know if you have knitted any of these things or you've seen any quite often when you go to because obviously we're a military family we've got every time we go somewhere we go to the war museum um where it's quite common to find like sock knitting machines or sock patterns or similar things to this on display in the museums or anywhere else. But if you've got any good links to share or any good stories to go along with that, particularly if you are not in the UK and you are somewhere else, then let me know. It'd be really cool to research some more of that just for my own curiosity. And obviously, if there's any cool stories, I can share them with you. So that's all I'm going to chat about this week. I've got a little bit of a sore throat starting. Obviously, the kids have brought home the beginning of their term, at least, germs and lurgy from school. It's not COVID, it's just a sore throat. Um, but obviously, I don't want to like kick the backside out of it and make it worse before it gets better. So that's all we've got time for today. I hope you've enjoyed 
the show and hanging around with us, or me rather, and the rest of us uh, today. Just a quick notice for all of you. If you want to join us, our new community is active on Mighty Networks. We've got quite a few people over there now. The Facebook group is going to be closing this Sunday and we are waving goodbye to Zuck and saying hello to a group that's just about knitting, that is a chronological timeline, that's just got nice people in it, that's not got any adverts and is really like really quite good fun and uh, really enjoying it at the moment. I haven't even had chance, obviously from everything that's gone on, you got the TLDR version. It's been really, really flipping stressful and I've not really been sleeping and I've been very, very preoccupied. And um, there's still been quite a lot of chat in there. So I'm looking forward to now, hopefully everything has kind of calmed down and everything seems a little bit more settled to actually spending quite a bit more time in there and sharing some cool stuff and things that I've found and looking at ways that we can get together virtually because obviously we're about to get locked up again in most of the North. So yeah, you can find that. If you're in the Facebook group, there are at least two links directly into the Mighty Network. It's called Shiny Bees Podcast, uh, Knitting Podcast Club. If you just Google it on, um, well, not Google it, search it on Mighty Networks. And if you go to shinybees.com forward slash community, it will automatically link you there and you can request to join and then I will let you in and then say hello to you and you can say hello to everyone else. And it's going to be it's not going to be awesome. It's already awesome. It's going to be even awesomer. I'm going to be doing some knit-alongs. I'm excited for all the cool stuff we can do in there. It just feels like a nice place on the internet that's just, everyone's feels quite cheerful and positive and upbeat. And that's what we all need more of, I think. So get yourselves over there, shinybees.com forward slash community. And that's where I will be along with everyone else. So that is definitely it now. Have a lovely week, happy crafting, and I will speak to y'all again soon. Cheers! You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. Show notes for this episode can be found at our website, shinybees.com forward slash 157. Please do come go ahead and join us in our community online. You can find that at shinybees.com forward slash community. I feel a need to laugh again with you if that's alright. I need a drink.